Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host for the opening segment today, Jim Cockrum. We're going to pass it over to our great coaching directors, Brian and Robin Joy Olson, in just a moment for a fantastic coach's corner. But having already listened to that episode and being inspired by it, I wanted to break it down a little bit for you with some thoughts that I have, and then we'll turn it over to them for the balance of the show today. First, I want to remind you, we are still running our promo. If you haven't heard about it, this is a completely free way to get the latest version of the Silent Sales Machine book. That's the book that launched this podcast. It's been read by over a million people. It's launched thousands of businesses over 20 years. Of course, I'm talking about the Silent Sales Machine book. There's a 73,000 member Facebook group that's grown out of that book as well. You can get details on the free Facebook group. And of course, you know about the podcast, but those links are at silentgym.com. So go check those out. But I want to make sure that you know how to get your hands on our free copy during our free promotional launch. No obligation, just a completely free copy. We want to get this into your hands. So write this phone number down, 507-800-0090. Now that's for US and Canada only. You text that number, the word free, and you'll get a free copy of the book. Again, that's 507-800-0090. Now, if you live outside those areas or for some reason the text doesn't work, we'd love to still get that book into your hands. So simply contact our support team. We'll send you an alternate method of getting you a free copy. As long as the promotion's running, if you're listening to this episode well after it came out and was published, we may not still be offering that book for free. You may have to go to silentsalesmachine.com and pick up a copy that way. We've got over 1,100 five-star reviews on that book from the last couple of versions. Pretty cool. Go check it out. I think you're going to really be inspired by that. Okay, so what's next? The agenda for today is some very foundational, inspirational lessons that we've learned. Having coached over 20 years, we've coached 10,000 students in e-commerce. Hundreds of success stories. You can hear on this podcast, if you scroll back in time, if you go to silentgym.com, scroll back a little bit, you're going to see dozens, hundreds in total of great podcast episodes where we interview the successful students from this community, people who are students of the proven Amazon course, people who've read maybe the Silent Sales Machine book. They've jumped into the proven Amazon course, which is one of the great business models that we're so excited about around here, selling on Amazon. And we've learned some very valuable lessons, paying attention to who makes it, who doesn't, what strategies that we teach that really produce great results for our students and which ones kind of fall by the wayside. We found some commonalities. Some of those are, we've been saying for a long time around here and Robin Joy and Brian will dive into this in a moment more than I am now, but slow and steady wins the race. You've heard us say that before. The story from the tortoise and the hare, the Aesop's fable, right? Aesop's fable. As a kid, you may have heard that. Slow and steady wins the race. Well, we've we've started saying, and I love the way they put it today, hey, fast and steady wins the race too point is be steady. The speed you're going isn't as important as is the steady, consistent effort. I love how they dive into that today. They also talk about learning from the mistakes of others. It's a famous quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. That's a great way, especially when you're in an industry where the rules and the opportunities and the challenges are changing constantly. You want to have somebody who's a little further ahead of you down the path, helping you every step of the way. We offer you great options. Our course is built around that, as is our coaching. There's information on all of that, of course, at silentgym.com. Next, they talk about not treating your proven Amazon course membership 
like it's a gym membership and they explain what they mean by that. And then they dive into moving between the levels of the pyramid. And again, I'll let them describe that one as well, but it basically means starting off with the basics, putting money in the bank as you learn. Don't take any unnecessary big risks. I love that we've designed all of our training content around here in such a way that you can learn what you need when you need it. We call it just-in-time education. You get what you need as you need it, you apply it, you make some money, you maintain that structure that you've built and you add things to it. You're taking little steps in the right direction, taking small risks, building a beautiful structure. And one of the quotes that I'll add, they don't talk about this today, but one that came to mind for me was uh, from my all-time, one of my all-time favorite coaches. I got two or three favorite coaches. John Wooden's certainly on the short list of the top two or three, but he says, if you do enough small things properly, big things can or will happen. I love that quote by John Wooden. Do the small things right, big things will happen. That's how we train around here. And that's kind of a theme of that segment where they talk about all the different business opportunities we teach, but how they're all kind of stacked in a strategic way where you start with the basics and then you add on without abandoning the stuff that's helped get you to where you are now. That's how you build multiple income streams. Great theme for today. It could have easily been, this is the value of two or three podcast episodes packed into one. Some great conversations maybe you can have. If you've got a mastermind that you formed in our community, some really good talking points to take to the next time that you guys all get together. And, and this is one of those conversational episodes that's going to serve everyone from brand new sellers who've maybe never sold anything online before, still considering starting a business, all the way up to those of us who've been doing it for a very long time, making sure we stay sharp on those skills that matter. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Brian and Robin Joy now. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for joining us on Silent Sales Machine Radio. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We are your co-hosts. I'm Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. And this is Coach's Corner. Excited to be back? I'm excited to be back. I'm always excited to guest host. It's such a privilege for us. And we have a couple things we'd like to talk about that have been mentioned many, many times before. But we'd like to put put some other perspective on it. You okay with that? Yeah, I am. In fact, we, we're constantly thinking about, uh, there's a saying um, that one of my old bosses used to repeat frequently, and it was like, when you're a hammer, everything is a nail, right? <laughs> yes. yes. And what we find is that everything, when you're in the replants business, everything, everything is, is an, an ace. ace. <laughs> That's true. So, Every time we talk about any other business of ours or any other any other thing that we're doing in relationships or anything, mm-hmm. we compare it to ASINs mm-hmm. because that's what we know. That's what we do. That's that's what we've seen results from is ASINs. Well, so. and, and it applies. I mean, so many of the fundamentals that we talk about when we're looking for test-worthy ASINs, when we're, right. when we're talking about when an item makes it from when it successfully passes the test and goes on to our replans mm-hmm. list. Um, when we're even evaluating other business models, we right. we are, compare everything to an ace. The principles apply to so many other things. Yeah. ASINs can be, we've said it before, those small investments. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe it's investments in the stock market. Maybe it's investments in your children. Maybe it's investments in your education. These small investments, some of them work, some of them don't work, but some of them work really well and make up for the ones that don't work. It's the principle that works in so many ways. Right. Well, so we were talking about principle of low, low, high. This is yes. this is thing that came about, I think, 
you rephrase something that Jim said, and then and right. then uh, well, that happens so suck, often right? in the things that I say is I'm, I'm repeating a lot of what Jim has taught me, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, things that we've learned in uh, throughout the community from other and many mentors other and the coaches, yes. whatever. But anyway, low risk, uh, low barrier to entry, high chance for success. Yeah. If you're evaluating any other business model, you could apply those same things yeah. to it, right? So yeah. not just replens, not just an ASIN, but any other business model. You're considering buying a car wash or a laundromat or a, mm-hmm. a duplex or something like that. What can you apply those three things Which to it? brings us full circle. Why do we choose replens to start and yeah. suggest it for other, others? Because it's a low risk yeah. model. It's a low investment model. You don't have a lot. And we've added to it. It's, it's a low education model. You don't have to have a whole lot of education to mm-hmm. get that started. And it, there's a high chance for success. You don't have to know everything about everything about Amazon. That's right. Um, or even about Keepa or about right. business in general. Right. You don't have to yeah. know everything. Mm-hmm. Just a few things will, will show you a lot of success. And that's why it's really a great model to start with. Yeah. Start building that foundation. But the, the principles, the fundamentals, yeah. they apply. And they apply to many, many different things. We said in a in one podcast episode, uh, well, we, we learn so much from, you know, books that we've read. Mm-hmm. Like we said, people that we've hung out with or that we, you know, um, just want to be like. Right. Yeah. And I think we potentially almost quoted something to ourselves that was not ours, but it was, a uh, you know, and and now I'm going to totally mess up the quote again, but it was like, <laughs> how many people can you help to get what, to get what you want in yeah. life, right? Instead of, yeah, so we found later that Zig Ziglar had yeah, said Zig- something <laughs> very, very similar, of and course. we realized we had adopted that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, disclaimer for any, yeah. any quotes, we don't mean to misquote anyone yeah. or to use someone's quote, quote as our own. Almost everything we say comes from somewhere else, yeah. and we will cite that if, right. if we can. But yeah, that's a good point. So where are we going with that? Story? What I was just saying is, so the word, what, what I'm going to share right now could be, I don't know that I've heard it anywhere else, but it could be that we have actually already heard it and it, uh, it, and it, we're just regurgitating something right, here. But right. um, we hear a lot uh, and we hear it in the community that uh, slow and steady wins the race. Right. Jim, Amazon, Jim has taught this right? and, and we absolutely believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. It is not a get rich. What we teach is not a get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. It is not something that you're going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be rosy. And and there, there's some work to it. There's some consistency involved. Uh-huh. What also wins the race, Brian? You know what else wins the race? What else? Fast and steady. Fast and steady. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a common denominator. There is there. a common denominator. Guess there. what? Yeah. Steady, steady wins the race. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we've heard. We say it all the time, like consistency. And it's not, again, didn't come from us. This is what we were taught in this community is like, Whatever you do, just be consistent about what you're doing. Consistency is uh-huh. key. Mm-hmm. So fast and steady wins the race. Slow and steady wins the race. What really wins the race is steady. Steady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pick your speed, but mm-hmm. just be steady about it, and then you'll get to wherever it is that you're trying to go. I will bet on the guy who tests three ASINs a week mm-hmm. and does it every single week mm-hmm. consistently. I will bet on him instead of betting on the guy who can do a hundred every several weeks. Right. And we kind of experienced this ourselves too. We like, have, uh, yes. And we do all the time in, in any of the things that we're taking on. So I've been sharing with some people like we're in a moratorium right now on our private listings business. Yes. <laughs> because where we have to get some things 
some other things ironed out right now. Right. We got to right. um, we had to fine, nail that down, fine tune our um, our pay per click campaigns for private listings, and so we're not adding any new products until we get that done. Right. We've got one other project that we're working on right now. Then we're we're not doing anything else until that is to a point where it is going to you know go. It can be its own thing with very little maintenance from us. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Whatever the initiative is that you're taking, and mm-hmm. I totally forgot where I was going with this conversation. <laughs> consistency but is key. Consistency, is the yeah. Bottom layer. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. So anything, pick anything. Mm-hmm. If you want to send one item in a week, just right. make sure that you send in that one item every single week. Yeah, right? and that's the horse I'll bet on before the one who could do a hundred this right. week and then never gets back around. Oh, that's to where it. I was going. That okay. <laughs> so we did the POD masterclass last year. Yes, learned a ton. And we were print on about, demand, POD, yeah, print, print on demand, print on demand masterclass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's another uh, print on demand course that's uh, more mainstream this year that we're also going to go to. But right. um, the point of uh, me bringing that up was that we discovered the mm-hmm. method, you know, what is required for that is very much like replants, right? Very it's much like, like come up with X amount of ideas per week, mm-hmm. every single week. And the more that you Commit throw at it and do it every week, you will come out with some winners, right? right? The winners fund the whole rest of the business. Yes. And the same, same thing with, with replants, right? If you're not doing X amount every single week, then you're going to struggle. Right. And we did, when we did this, this masterclass, we did that same thing. We said, yeah. oh yeah, we're going to do 20 yeah. a week. So we took the weekend and we did 150. Uh-huh. And then the next week, and then we didn't do any for, for the next weeks. few weeks, several weeks, because <laughs> we had so much time to make up for and all the other things that didn't get done because we were diving into this both feet. And then we had to come up for air and we never went back in because mm-hmm. it felt like a commitment that we couldn't get out of. So we're adjusting. We're going to try it again. And we're going to try to be more consistent. But that's the key. Well, what came out of that was, you know, a handful of items that do sell for yes, us. And that's and, true. And you know, yep. it's not like it was a total whiff or anything like not, that. No, it was not. We we are still selling. But it's a very items. small portion yes. of our business. And we'd like to make right. it a little bit bigger, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So we've got a lot more to learn, but we're going to apply consistency. Yeah. Consistency. A lot better this time. Right. Yes. Uh, steadiness. Steadiness. Right? So steady wins the race. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. That's a good one. Um, and you came up with another uh, one that we like. We were talking about taking quotes from history, yes. you know, from famous people or from people who were coaches or mentors or whatever, um, and applying it to the Amazon business. Mm-hmm. And so this is one that you came up with. Yes. Eleanor Roosevelt said, learn from the mistakes of others because you can't possibly live long enough to make them all yourself. This is true. That is that is a quote that says so much to me in the coaching and mentoring space. If I don't use my coaches and my mentors and the people around me who are willing to share with me, who have been down that road before, mm-hmm. who know what's around that corner because they've been there and I can trust them to take me on the right path. If I don't follow them and trust them, I'm not using what's there for me, what's in my hand, mm-hmm. what's there for me to you is at my disposal. Yeah. I'm not coming out with that very well. Help me out. What is your accelerator? What's this accelerator that you have right now that you can leverage? Yes. I have coaches and mentors and yeah. people, many, many, many people in this community, for mm-hmm. instance, who are willing to help me and answer my questions and 
tell me what to expect when I go down this road, when mm-hmm. I get around that corner that I can't see, but they've been there before. Right. And that was one of the things we were talking about uh, that I put on the list here to talk about was when you, you when you get the benefit of learning from other people's mistakes, then you can accelerate your own business. Yes. One of the uh, ways that you can learn from the mistakes of others is by hanging out in the MST Facebook group, right? Yes, My Silent Team. My Silent yes. Team Facebook group, which is... A uh, free Facebook group. Yeah. And I'm sure Jim will put a, put a link to it. Oh, well, uh, yeah, we can yeah. put a link to it. That free Facebook group gets you tons and tons of experience from over 70,000 members who are constantly every day putting stuff in there like, hey, I have this, I have that, yes. I have the other thing. And you're seeing replies. I mean, honestly, it's gotten it's gotten so like there's so much content out there. Right. You can pretty much just search. Like you don't have oh, yeah. you probably don't have to ask the question. Right. If you if you learn to use the search feature of the Facebook group, it's probably been asked 20 times before. But but I will say, uh-huh. just like I say in the Kickstart Bootcamp mm-hmm. all the time, if you have that question, mm-hmm. ask that question. Because others probably have a similar question. And not only are you going to get the answer, but you're going to benefit everybody by asking that question. So I always encourage people to ask questions. There are plenty of people out there to answer those questions, point you in the right direction. And that's what that Facebook group is for. And they do it excellent job mm-hmm. of taking care of lots of, of people lots of learned lessons out there in the facebook lots group. of learned lessons another another place where you can learn from the mistakes of others is in your business partnerships yes right so whether this is a spouse mm-hmm. um someone else who's like not a, a love interest but you know someone else but that you're doing business, business partner with, like yes. a business partner or someone that is a, a business mentor mm-hmm. right a supporter a supporter uh, of yours family members some other relationship yeah. yes mm-hmm. friends who are yes supporting you all those things are available to you if you can if you'll identify them and as leverage points you can absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely yes and them. often those people can tell you things about yourself that you're not seeing they can tell you where your blind spots mm-hmm. are so that's a very important part of of relationships of that sort of relationship yeah, I you're think. Right. which brings us to uh the next one which is masterminds yes also a great way to get to mm-hmm. really know people on an in-depth level to the point, you know, that you have um, accountability partners, accountability partners. You have people that you can talk through your plans. You can see if anyone has been there before that's in your mastermind group that would share with you on a deeper level, maybe than the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. These are very, very valuable places to find out, you know, what you don't know, find out what people have tried before or what who they know all of a sudden your relation what is it six degrees of separation mm-hmm. right all of a sudden your relationships become multiplied by the people in your mastermind group because they know six people who know six people exactly. who know six people yeah and then all of a sudden your exposure through your mastermind of the type of people that you want to be around mm-hmm. has all of a sudden bloomed mm-hmm. when you're in a mastermind. And see how I get off off yeah. script and I, I don't say it first. I just okay. do it. <laughs> well, I did it earlier. So yeah. <laughs> well, but the point is you have that whole sphere of influence to learn from as well, right? Mm-hmm. There's a ton of experience out there, mistakes made, lessons learned yes. that you can tap into and ask the questions. Sometimes just asking the question um, will lead you to a place that you didn't even think about where right. it might end up. This happens so many times, mm-hmm. so many times, because we don't know what we don't know. That's or the point, right? Even the answer to a simple question can lead you to a fundamental 
perspective right. change or a fundamental uh, new way of looking at things. Uh, you know, just saying the same thing over there <laughs> again. But you know, I mean, that applies to more than just that thing, but uh, right. fundamentally throughout your business. The perspectives, mm-hmm. right? So that's true. So if that, oh, so that's the answer to the question. Well, if that's true, hmm, then how can I apply it in other other ways, like we were just talking about, right? Yeah. And then mentors and coaches is the mentors next one. and coaches are great ones, right? Yes. We love this. We love this as coaches and mentors, as coaches and mentees, and as coach. Yeah, as those who, um, yeah, we, we're lifelong learners and we're always absolutely, you know, trying to pick up everything we can from people who've been there and done that. We're we're not quite there yet, so mm-hmm. um, yes, coaches and mentors another great place to learn from the mistakes of others, and that's a great thing a great thing to have a coach who has done what you're trying to do before you mm-hmm. before many times, especially because mm-hmm. like I said before, if you're going around the, the curve, a blind curve and you can't see what's over there. If you're going with someone who's been there before, it feels a whole lot safer. Doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Well, it's like right on the back of a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? you, you're not in control all you can do is hold on right yes uh, i know this but, very well <laughs> and, and you know oh i feel a story coming on um, you, not a motorcycle but a snowmobile <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and this was a little bit different than the analogy i'm about to give but the person who's the motorcycle driver the yeah. uh, they've done this before mm-hmm. they've got a license they've taken a test they know how to ride a motorcycle with people on it mm-hmm. um, they know what the rules of the road are and they know Theoretically, I mean, accidents happen, but they they know how to make sure that everyone's going to be safe, yes. right? And so that's why when you're on the they back, they take the, which precautions to take. Yeah, you're on the back of the motorcycle. You're not in control. You're just holding on, but you trust. You have that level of trust, right? With the person, right? Exactly. That's okay. Good. So, so here's the story. <laughs> so we were doing a snowmobile trip up around uh, the Breckenridge. Uh, was it Breckenridge? I think it was Breckenridge. Well, it was uh, the Cottonmill Divide area, right? Like we had, okay. we had a driveways uh, right up there, yeah. and uh, we went with another I think couple. We've been staying in Breckenridge at the time, and we went. Yeah, I can't remember if they also <laughs> shared a snowmobile, yeah. but but we were on this. We were sharing a snowmobile, and I right. was in the driver. I was controlling the speed and the <laughs> steering and all that. Yes, you and were. You were on the back. <laughs> yes, I was holding on for dear life. <laughs> well, and you only you only have the little. The little handles right at at your seat level. I mean, you don't have like a handle to hold on here. You're just holding on right right back here. It's very <laughs> it feels very exposed, and you're up higher than the driver. Too. Right, the driver's so, down here by the road, and you're sitting back yeah, up the, here. The person on the back is actually on a little bit higher seat, yeah. so you got a higher like all the wind is coming at your face. <laughs> yes. And your center of gravity is not as low as you'd like it to <laughs> yes. be. I don't know if this is the way in all snowmobiles, but this is the way that one was. This particular snowmobile. It was a lot of fun. We did a great, you know, we got, it was basically, we got to the top of this trail. Yes. and Beautiful. We're, oh, God. We're turning around. Well, go ahead and tell everyone what you tell everyone else that I did. <laughs> he turned it over on me. Yeah. Turned yeah. over the, snow, the snowmobile on Robin. <laughs> My leg was caught underneath. Uh-huh. I wasn't actually hurt, but... I was freaked out and I was like, Matt, you're in the back. I'm driving after this. This is it. That's the end of that story. Because I could not, he was going to turn, but you know, in those snowmobiles and those paths, you have to take that turn quickly. You drive up to it and you take the turn. Well, I can't tell when he's going to do that. And I'm trying to hold on back here. And 
I, I'm just at his mercy. I was completely out of control. So you don't want to. <laughs> you, this is not an example of what we're we're trying to say. Right, you don't right. want to feel out of control. You want to, maybe it would be better if I had taken a snowmobile behind you yes. and you show me where the path was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the point of uh, trust and everything. And I was not yes. snowmobile trained by any stretch. This is like no, the, you when you go not. horseback riding and you're on the trail mm-hmm. where the horse doesn't go running and stuff like that. It's because you don't know what you're doing. Right. So right. this, this is very track. similar. And just to be clear, that point where the where the snowmobile tipped over, mm-hmm. we were not even moving. Like we're just going like. <laughs> and there was space for my leg. And we both fell over, and it was like we both <laughs> fell was mad. into oh, the snow. Was mad. There was no weight of any machine on us. But, no, that's true. But it makes for a good story, right? See, that's a way better story we than, do. you know, then we won't nothing, go on that fast. Happened and happened. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, but we digress. Learn from this. So, we actually, learn from the mistakes of others. And yes. if, you're, if you don't like, not being in control. Don't ride on the back of a snowmobile. There you go. By someone <laughs> your tip who's for the not day. a nice person. Snowmobiler. Snowmobiling can be fun. Uh-huh. Maybe not as spouses riding on the same one. But yes, yeah. Well, our our, our advice is to each person get their own snowmobile. That's our That's advice. what we do. That's what we've done since then. So <laughs> yeah, we've done it maybe once or twice. And you can tell we're not avid snowmobilers because the people who really are there, they don't call them that. Oh, what do they call them? They call them snow machines. Snow machines. It's a snow oh, machine. is that right? right? Yeah. Well, see. Yeah. yeah. Show so you what we know. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were driving. I was driving or I was watching a video or something like that. And I was like, so, somebody dropped this stat mm. on me that was like mind blowing. Okay. okay well, here's the stat Americans waste $397 million on unused gym memberships. Every single year. Every year. Every single year. Oh my gosh. I'm going to start selling uh, home gyms. Oh, gym membership. I'm going to start selling gym, gym memberships. memberships. Yes, yeah. Not, not yes. home gyms. But that okay. led me to a couple of other thoughts. Yes. The first one was this. But uh, if you get your own gym at home, well, as one of my, this uh, person I used to work with said, the first step to getting uh, out of shape is to buy a home gym. <laughs> Because when the gym's at home, you think it's going to be super convenient, yes. but you never use we it. We have right? experienced this as well. We know this firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. So, yeah, we don't want the home gym. Right. Although, selling home gym equipment, obviously, yes. I wonder how much money is, you know, actually well, wasted know, in that sense. gym works if you're consistent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Steady. Consistency is key. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Even if you only do 10 push-ups a day. 10 curls a day, 10 bench presses a day, whatever it is. If you do them every day. If you do them every day. You'll see a change. Exactly. Okay. Well, so uh, let's not uh, let our gym memberships go to waste, number one. We don't need a gym at home. Uh, we'll be in worse shape at the end of the year than we, than we were <laughs> when we started out. The reason we brought this up was? The reason we brought this up was this. If you're a member of PAC, don't the treat The Proven it, Amazon course. Yeah, the Proven, the Proven Amazon course. Don't treat it like a gym membership. Uh-huh. Right. Get engaged. Establish that consistency. Go to the gym. Go to the pack gym. Uh-huh. Whatever your schedule is. Like, don't say you're going to go 20 times a week if uh-huh. you can't realistically do 20 times a week. If you're going to go for an hour a day or two hours a day or three days a week, whatever, three times a week. Great. Go with that. But don't let it go to waste. Okay. I think that's that's a very good point. Don't let it go to waste. Now, just like a gym membership. There are several machines and mm-hmm. and uh, different 
types of exercise equipment that you can use. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to use all of those the first day you go in. Right. right? Yeah. Well, you do see those people. Right. I know I've I've done it uh, at least a time or two where you go into the gym and you do uh, an exercise on every single machine. You do yeah. everything. Right. You do the elliptical, you do the stair climber, you do the treadmill, you do the, you know, the bench press machine, the shoulder right, press machine. It's still hard to do all in one day. It, it is. And then really <laughs> when you're trying to do everything. You do you, a little bit of everything, but you never really get good, get good at, at any one right. thing. Yeah. So this is the joy of pack. And yes. kind of leads into the last topic I want to talk about today. But well, before we leave this, yeah. I think Jim says it very, very well. Yeah. It's more of a library yeah. of learning. It's not, you don't have to consume it all in one day. And I would say even even the um uh keepa advanced keepa sourcing 2.0, mm-hmm. it's got nine different ways to use keepa to source. Well, it's not for consumption all in one meal. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> try right. Try one way. Get it down, then try the next way, get it down. It wasn't meant for you to put all nine ways to use tomorrow. Right. Right. It's like, <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's learn something, let's get comfortable with it. And then, yeah. you know, you add that to your toolbox mm-hmm. as you go. And that's the way pack in general is. Exactly. There are getting started videos, there are places that, that, that have been marked out for how to get started. Mm-hmm. Use those, get through that information. Don't go straight to the end. There's, there's the, that leads us into the yeah. pyramid. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so the pyramid, we were talking about this. And I we, we go through this with um, coaching clients frequently. We do. Okay, which is the, I've heard Nathan, Bailey, and, and Jim talk about the levels of, of, a pure, of the pyramid are kind of like what the mm-hmm. options are available to us in the Amazon space. And, and, and then similarly, the content that's available in the proven Amazon course. Yes. Right. And at the base of that pyramid is replants. Yes. The most fundamental you can get. Right? right. We like to start people with the fundamentals, building a strong foundation. And that in, in our opinion and the teachings here are replants. Mm-hmm. replants. Okay. So let's talk about what those additional levels are before we get into the real some of them i mean some of them yeah i mean go many different ways with your own pyramid Uh start with replans then okay then we're going to say wholesale wholesale your your next level up right sure and replans by the way can comprise ra and oa sure right Mm -hmm. then you can add on wholesale which is great to help you fill some of those replans Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a natural great enhancement for replans your replans yes and then um we put private listings on top of uh, wholesale, mm-hmm. um, which was also a natural progression where we got some experience in the replan space. We mm-hmm. figured out the kinds of products that sold well that worked for us. And then we found wholesale suppliers for those. And then we leveraged those wholesale suppliers for those replans listings, in addition to creating private listings. So we're so we're building that pyramid up. Yeah. But here's what we didn't do. We didn't say, okay, We've figured out replans. We got that going pretty good. Let's now move away from replans and go do wholesale. Well, a wholesale or private listings or whatever your your POD, whatever your next step is going to be, that part where I said, let's turn away from replans and throw that away while we go do something else, that we did not do. That we do not recommend. You've built something with your replans list, Mm -hmm. with your replans business. And the way you get the time, and that actually, I always say, we still have a replants business and probably always will because that helps us with the cash flow to fund our private listings. And we're constantly 
you know, fingers on the pulse of of what's new and yes. what's selling well and, and what's going on in the community, yes. the Amazon community, right? Mm-hmm. With listings, generic listings mm-hmm. and um, other brands that maybe we're not allowed to sell mm-hmm. anymore. These things right. happen. Um, and if you're not plugged into the replans part of it, you don't necessarily know. Right. Right. Okay. So we say this, uh, I'll say this, even at a very fundamental level at replens, you've got RA and you have OA. Yes. Right? So mm-hmm. we work with clients who like to, we suggest, I don't know, we suggest going either way, but or we, both. or both. Um, but we started out in the RA space. And so we built our RA business up over time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we didn't just throw it away and then start building OA you know, after that, we kept the RA where it was and we slowly kept adding OA to it until it was at a point where then we potentially had a decision to make, Mm -hmm. right? That decision is, do I want to dial back my RA um, or do I just want to leave it where it is and keep building my OA, Mm -hmm. right? Or do I want to add a third thing in, which is maybe wholesale? Mm -hmm. So wholesale, but the whole point of that is don't let the one go and focus on the other because what will happen? Then then you lose everything that you've built. Exactly. You lose your whole foundation. Yeah. If you have a pyramid that has a, a, a long base on it, so mm-hmm. the bottom of the pyramid is the biggest for the mm-hmm. base, right? If you take that base out and move to the next level, then your base becomes much smaller. You right. want to leave that large base in there so you can build higher. Right. And you've got this business that is doing something for you, ten, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars a month. You're not going to just stop doing that so you can go learn something else. But Brian, the whole reason I built that was because I needed to do that. You said I needed to do that uh-huh. before I could go do something else. Mm-hmm. And this is taking all my time. Mm-hmm. So how do I go to the next level? Mm, good question. If I've built this and it's taking all my time mm-hmm. and I'm doing well at it, but I want to do the next step. How do I make that transition? This is where you start doing some things like outsourcing your business to allow to get some of some of that time back into your life. And we talked about this on a previous episode, but when you start leveraging services um, and solutions out there that give you more time back in your life, a simple one is a repricer. Mm-hmm. Right. We went from spending, you know, an hour a day of repricing. So that's 20 hours a month if I was doing it five days a week mm-hmm. that I got back in my life by implementing a repricer that I can really just look at a couple of minutes each day and I right. spend any wouldn't have been better. worth it in your first 20 aces because you could do that easily right and you weren't making well i didn't have anything else money. to do yeah, yeah i didn't have anything else right. to do at that point either but at the point you had 60 70 80 replans that mm-hmm. you were repl- replenishing every every week then it became pretty valuable to let a machine do more of that for you is it going to be as good as a human eyeball no, oh, never. It's good. Yeah, in some cases, it's going to be better. Some cases, it's going to be better. Not only, not just uh, then the human eyeball, but it can react so much faster. True. Because right? we don't sit in front of the screen all day and watch what the price, what the <laughs> yes. buy box is doing. Yes. Um, and we don't really. We do little day traders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, but the repricer can and yes. does. Okay, so repricer is one example. Another example would be a prep center. Mm-hmm. So all this time that you would spend prepping your products, um, now you can just have it shipped directly to your prep center if you're lucky enough to live close to one in your hometown that accepts drops off, drop-offs. Mm-hmm. That's great, too, because then you can keep your RA business going as well. Um, or you can do like we did mm-hmm. and outsource your RA business to other people mm-hmm. who do that for us. They happen to be relatives in our case, but other people who go to the store and ship in our, our behalf. There are many ways to do these outsourcing. Right. So uh, repricer prep center, shoppers, mm-hmm. right? And sourcers. sourcers. Right. right. These are right. all things that you can outsource to get this time back in your life. 
Now, we don't say just like implement all that stuff in one week no. and then go learn wholesale. No. That's the, that's really not how this works, right? No. You have to build that. You have to build it to a point where it can sustain itself. And that's what we're trying to accomplish before we go to the next step. Now, remember, consistency is key. Slow and steady wins the race. Steady wins the race. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that feels a lot slower than it is. True. Sometimes six months can feel like a long time that you have to do this hard work. Mm -hmm. But if you can put in the time... And sometimes it doesn't take six months. Time. Sometimes you can do it in three months. But if you can put in the time and be consistent and write down those SOPs and make sure it is in a system that you can hand off to someone, then you're building a stronger and stronger foundation. And the other thing is we just don't like to introduce too much change at one time because uh, these changes in your business really do have an impact. And if you're going to go out and deploy four new things in your business next week mm -hmm. and things go wrong, now we have to deconstruct all that and figure out exactly. what exactly was the main cause of it. Was it that thing alone? Was it that in combination with something else we deployed? This is a business principle, yeah. right? If, if, uh, people were still working for me and they came to me and they say, I want to do all these things. Then my advice to them would be, okay, let's start with one, do that for a few weeks and figure out what goes well and what doesn't. And mm -hmm. then let's add the other one. This is, you know, project management, which is um, part of what we've been involved in in our previous lives. So that sort of comes out sometimes, but, but the principle is still there. It's a business principle. You don't do a bunch of changes all at the same time. Right. So the whole point of this <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the moving between the strategies, like doesn't mean that you're going to stop doing something and start doing something else. Correct. Blend them in, feather it in over time, and then you'll ensure that you have a, still a very strong foundation mm -hmm. uh, remaining that you are building things on top of. So if you're uh, exploring, if you're doing um, RAOA and you want to start exploring wholesale, do it in addition to, not in place of. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing, uh, if you want to start exploring private listings on top of the other things you have going, great. Do it in addition to, not in place of. Correct. If yes, you're currently doing RA and you want to start doing OA. So mm -hmm. let's say this, because we've got uh, a lot of RA specialties, right? Mm -hmm. there, are, there are regional stores that don't ship outside the region. There are some stores that just don't ship at all. Trader yes. Joe's, AGB, think of Meyer, Aldi, wherever these stores are that right. you know are specific to you that you can use, they're mm -hmm. at hand for you. Don't stop doing that because you want to start now. Uh, you want to do OA. Right. Build up the OA over time. Then you can make that decision if you want to start backing off on the RA mm -hmm. or not. Or just right. Out then you can dial it in. Mm -hmm. Once you get a book of business to work with, mm -hmm. and this is what we, we are big proponents of consistently testing until you have a book of business to work with, and then start making that book, book of business a better book of business, a more profitable book of business, a book of business that's easier for you to manage, mm -hmm. a book of business that can be outsourced to others. But that building, when you're first starting building that book of business, that's a that's a tough wall to get through. And you don't want to be adding a whole lot of things while you're trying to do that. Get that done and out of the way mm -hmm. so that you have something as a whole to work with. And your risk becomes much lower again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, how do you build a book of business? 
more aces. Test more aces. Test more aces. Test more aces. All right, let's go test more aces. Test more aces. All right, thanks everyone. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Talk to you soon. Hey, before I let you go, once a week or so, I love to bring on my good friend, Jeff Schick. He is the resident expert in our community who serves hundreds of sellers around here with his services. He's a policy and legal expert. He's actually a lawyer as well. So he can help you with all those Amazon selling IP issues and scary letters and all that. He handles that for so many sellers in our community. And today he's got a great topic to dive into. What do you got for us, Jeff? I have, how do you respond to lawyers or lawsuits? Because it is an increasing trend. So yeah, just without further ado, you know, every, I'd say every single day, it's actually you know, like today, I've got two sellers I'm talking to that receive cease and desist letters from law firms. Yesterday, we had two sellers as well. I mean, you know, it's pretty much every day, two to, you know, two to five sellers a day get a cease and desist letter from a law firm. And they, the first thing sellers wonder is, what do I need to do? So one thing that I'd like to just point out to sellers is that a lot of these letters are time sensitive in the sense that they give you a deadline. Now, deadlines mean something if they filed a lawsuit against you, or if they're saying that they're going to file a lawsuit against you, and it looks like there's a real case there, then obviously deadlines matter. But if they're just sending you a cease and desist letter and saying, you must reply to us by, you know, 48 hours from now, or, you know, seven days from now, or whatever it may be, you know, unless there's a, a court order deadline, that deadline's not necessarily set in stone. That's their, I like to say it's their requested deadline. You know, it's like a sell-by date versus a, you know, expiration date on food. You know, you should, you should sell it by that day. You don't have to eat it by that day, depending on the food item. So um, a lot of times sellers freak out and they start saying, they say, well, I've got to, it says I have to reply to them, you know, by Friday and today is Tuesday. So I'm just going to go ahead and respond back to them. Not necessarily a great idea, you know. I, you know, in fact, I'd say it's a terrible idea. I always, you know, I'm always a huge advocate for sellers when they reach out and they say, "Should I respond?" I say, "You should not respond. If you if a response is necessary, we can respond for you." Um, and there's two reasons for that. One is that anything that we say as lawyers is covered as under your federal rules of evidence. It's it's not admissible in court because it's settlement communications. So that's you know protects your interests. Second thing is sellers often don't know what to say. So they respond back and they say three deadly words. And those three deadly words. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's like those, it's the worst phrase a seller can use when it comes to one of these cases because what does I'm so sorry mean? It means I'm admitting wrongdoing and I did something wrong because. It you know, means, if you're just walking it means down come this, after me and I'm going to write a really big check for your client is what it means. <laughs> if if you're going to court, for sure. So, yeah. you know, like I, you know, I actually recently I saw a seller, they were being sued in federal district court for infringement. And they wrote to the lawyers themselves and said, I'm so sorry. I only ever sold 25 of these units. I will never do it again. You know, please consider, you know, retracting this lawsuit against me. Well, not only did that statement do not not result in a retraction of the lawsuit, but now what have we done? We've get, we've said admitted wrongdoing. We said I'm so sorry. I, we've admitted wrongdoing. You are being accused of selling these items. You now just told them yes, I did, and you said how many? I sold 25. So if the brand you know has a spe- specific number that they can say you know every unit sold harms our brand by this amount. Like for instance, for one of the big fashion brands. They actually, we had a case where our seller inadvertently sold counterfeits of a uh, of a fa- you know, really famous purse company based out of France, and they uh, they they came to us and they said, "Well, here's 
the calculation based on how many units were sold, the brand actually makes $917.68. Yeah, some I'm making up that number, but it was close to it was almost a thousand dollars per purse that they sell is net profit. And so they said, because your seller sold X number of units, they need to pay us X times 900 and whatever dollars to, to settle this case, because that's how much we would get in court. And if we were to go for willful infringement, we'd get three times that because the courts for willful infringement will actually award triple damages. So $2,700 per, per item sold, which is obviously huge um, in terms of penalty. So you know, if you think back to this myth, you know, this, you know, this, this hypothetical seller that writes back, I'm so sorry, I sold 25 units. Well, now we've just written a check for at least $25,000 to the brand, maybe $75,000, depending on if they're going for willful infringement or not. So we never want to, you know, provide them with that level of evidence or that level of, you know, detail that can be used against us because it's not in your favor. So like, even when we turn over numbers, for settlement talks, we always have a confidentiality clause in or in enforced that says our seller sold this many units, but you cannot use this as evidence in your case. Um, and the reason for that is because it makes it more expensive. So they know exactly how many units were sold. Like we're not we're being upfront because we're trying to settle the case. But if they don't accept the settlement and they sue us, they're gonna have to sue the seller and go through discovery and use their own methods to come up with that number looking through sales records even though we have it nicely in an Excel spreadsheet we didn't share with them. So it's, you know, just, you know, part of, you know, lawyers being lawyers. The legal game. yeah. Part of the game. But it's all to protect sellers' rights against these sort of, you know, you know bigger brands who have bigger legal budgets. So we don't want to, you know, we never want to admit wrongdoing. We never, you know, and that's why I tell people, don't respond to the lawyers yourself. It's, there's no positive outcome that comes from it. it I, at least I haven't found it yet. So when when sellers, when you get a cease and desist letter, you know, I always say, you know, send it to an attorney that could be me, it could be any other attorney that you feel comfortable with that understands intellectual property, because these letters can be important. Now, I will say this much. I see, you know, between all these different law firms that are, you know, famously out there in the Amazon space, you know, we see probably three to 10 of them a week, depend from each of the firms. So the great thing about that is that myself and my paralegals, we see so many of them that we can look over a five-page letter from a law firm in Ohio that says that it, your, you know, your sales are unlawful. And we can very quickly read through it and say, wait a second, this is custom. Now we need to pay attention to this entire letter. Or, eh, this is just a template. We've seen it before hundreds of times. Can I see it again hundreds of times? You know, here's your options of how, how we can proceed forward. And none of those options include you reaching out to the brand, to that law firm directly <laughs> via right. phone call or email. So. so the bottom line is when you get these scary letters or emails even, you have yeah. someone you can trust like Jeff Schick and his team on retainer, just send it to them. And your yeah. rates are very inexpensive and you've helped right. so many sellers in our community. And I don't want to create a sense of fear over this topic either. One of the things that we train when we teach new sellers how to be resellers is how to avoid a lot of these uncomfortable, typically that's the worst case scenario is a level of discomfort or got to stop selling that item. Occasionally it can be more serious than that. But if you're following the systems we teach, you really can avoid this completely. But if you get those letters, get Jeff in and you know, we with having taught thousands and thousands of sellers the systems we teach around here, it's a tiny handful. Yeah. I'm talking like I hold up one hand when I talk about the number of kind of strange things that ended up happening 
but you've been able to, since you've been working with our community the past, what, year and a half or so, you've helped successfully navigate all of them that have come across our radar. Some of them take a little bit of time, but thank you for yeah. serving our community with excellence. Oh, is there anything else you you wanted to add in on those comments that the ones I'm making or anything else that goes into, you know, the scary letters you might get, or, you know, should you panic, you know, as one, like, what's the scariest thing you could get? (laughs) So, so I would say, yeah, the answer to should you panic would be no. And I'd say the one thing people can do to alleviate that panic and, and it's so simple, but that people forget about it is you could just close the listing while you evaluate your options. You don't have to delete the listing. You don't have to recall your inventory, but you just go to Seller Central, hit Manage Inventory, type in the ASIN or the brand itself, and you know, click Close ASIN. But you know, close listing. That's going to remove your offer. If they are truly going to escalate legal action, they're going to see that you've removed your listing, and that's buying you time till we figure out what needs to be done. And if we talk on the phone and it turns out, hey, you can keep selling it. You know, there's a beautiful button called relist that shows up in place of the close listing button yep you just click it and within 15 minutes your listing goes live again so great tip yeah scary letter close listing send the scary letter to jeff wait to see if it's something we can start selling again or not that's the process and we've got sellers doing multiple seven figures a year as resellers selling you know hundreds or even thousands of brands they get a nice steady trickle of these things they just send them on over and if it's yeah. sometimes the worst case scenario is, yep, we're done with that one. We're going to shut them down. These guys are, you know, they're not playing nice with the reseller community anymore. That happens. But from my perspective, yeah. the vast majority of brands out there are wide open, fair game, go for it. But there are some that you do want to avoid. And again, we teach people how to avoid the obvious ones. So exactly. right, well done. Well, I think that hits the topic pretty well, Jeff. I appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. Thank you. And of course, anyone who's on the retainer, yeah, those calls are unlimited. They are complimentary. So you ever you get a cease and desist letter, send it to me. You can talk to, you know, I've, it's pretty cool. We added a new feature uh, recently where you can now talk to a paralegal. So you can talk to Lewis. He's, you know, bilingual in Spanish and English. So if English is not your first language, feel free to schedule a call with him. But, you know, he's now helping sellers with some of these calls as well. And I mean, you know, my calendar is as people will know, is variable. So some days you can book from a call with me tomorrow and some days it's next week. With Lewis, it's pretty much usually tomorrow. It's usually same or next day that you can talk to, at least talk to a paralegal, get a better sense of what's going on. And then if he needs to refer it up to me, he'll schedule that call with you on my calendar right then and there. And so that way you get, you know, you're still, you know, keeping your place in line. So. Yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, you guys are serving our community so well, and I love seeing you guys grow. You're adding new team members, and jeffschick.com is the website that has all the details. I look forward to doing this again with you real soon, Jeff. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you. you Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.